The following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the monthly Guest Dharma series. I'd like to welcome everyone. Um, this past week, <clears throat> I've been um, doing quite a bit of reflection on forgiveness, and um, you were all with me um, during that time, so um, I appreciate your support of my practice this past week. Um, and I'm really very grateful for the opportunity to um, speak to you tonight about um, the practice of forgiveness. Um, forgiveness, the, the practice of forgiveness is part of the um, loving kindness or metta practice in this tradition. And um, I, w I did my first 10 day retreat in 1987, and it was with a teacher um, whose name is Goenka. I Many of you have probably heard of him. And he um, had a very um, strict way of teaching. You didn't do any stretching or walking meditation or anything. You just sat. And um, then at the end of the, uh, on the 10th day, ninth or 10th day, they introduced metta practice. And um, I remember coming home from that retreat and um, there was a, a friend of mine's mother was um, at my house, and um, she was a person who I just, she sort of pushed my buttons. I just didn't really like her very well. And um, I came in and um, sat down, and we had this wonderful conversation, and this just felt completely connected and had a wonderful enjoyable time and there was just this love that was just um, flowing in the room between us and uh, wow <laughs> at uh, you know the, the combination of the um, of the Vipassana practice and the metta practice is obviously quite a powerful thing so then Goenka had suggested that at the end of your um, sit each day that you would spend five minutes doing metta. So I endeavored to do this and failed miserably. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I couldn't, five minutes I couldn't do it, you know. And um, so then I, I think after a while I just sort of forgot about it. And um, then when I would go to retreats and there would be metta practice, would be every it would always come in the afternoon which seemed to be the worst time of day for me at retreats and again I was just like I, I just there was no loving kindness that was flowing during those practices so then I, I went to the Bhavana Society and um, Bhante Gunaratana who teaches there um, had a, a meta practice that he did and that he recommended you do it did at the beginning of your sit each time you sat to sort of um, bring the mind um, into a, a wholesome state and um, so 
when I got home, once again, I I tried to make this part of my practice, and just on my own, I just it just wasn't something that I could incorporate into my daily practice. So, but one of the things that um, really struck me at the um, at the Bhavana Society was um, I, I read about the um, about right effort, and um, this really impressed me. And so I'd just like to, to share um, Bhante Gunaratana's um, statement about right effort. It's the uh, sixth step of the Eightfold Noble Path. The Buddha explains more precisely how to direct our efforts, breaking the process down for us into four parts. First, with strong determination and energy, we do whatever we can to prevent the arising of painful, unwholesome states of mind, such as resentment, jealousy, or greed. Since we are not yet enlightened, however, some negative mind states are going to sneak in despite our best efforts. We then make the second effort, arousing ourselves to overcome whatever unwholesome states have taken hold. Third, we replace those states with wholesome ones, such as loving thoughts, ideas of generosity, or feelings of compassion. Finally, we exert effort to cultivate further these pleasing, wholesome mental states. The more we make these efforts, the more clear and free of pain our minds become, and the more happiness we experience as the natural result. So that uh, just hearing those words really planted a seed um, in my mind. And um, even though I wasn't able to follow those instructions, I, I just knew that it was very, it was a very important thing. So a couple of years ago, I went on a, um, on a Santikaro retreat at the Christine Center in Wisconsin. And um, there was just a lot of um, the hindrances were arising. Um, there was uh, aversion and there was doubt. And, and I just seemed to be really spinning in that. So finally, I just sort of got a hold of myself. <laughs> and I um, said, you know, I, I really need to <coughs> apply these exertions. So um, I, I really started practicing with all my mind and heart. And um, I, I found it to be that it really was possible to, um, that, that those, with effort, those mind states did subside and um, then was able to um, make the effort to continue with the um, loving kindness. And um, so when I got home, then I, once again, I started to um, incorporate the loving kindness into my sitting practice. And each time I would sit um, in the morning and the evening, I would spend some time doing the metta practice. And um, so that was a couple of years ago now. And um, I've really found it to be 
very beneficial. So, this year, I, um, a few months ago, oh, a few months, um, over um, New Year's, I um, went back to and did a retreat with um, Shenzhen Yang. I hadn't done a retreat with him for six years. And um, originally when I when I went to Los Angeles, um, it was at a, at a retreat, um, at the end of a retreat, I, um, I realized that that's what I wanted to do and that, that seemed like a, the, um, the beneficial thing for me to do was to go and to um, be the administrator for the Vipassana Support Institute. And um, it was quite, I, I had never, I, I lived in a rural area of Minnesota for a number of years, but this was the first time that I had ever lived away from Minnesota. So a little Minnesota girl going to Los Angeles, it was quite a big step. I got in my car and drove across country. And actually, the, the first um, stop was Shenzhen, um, is a sun dancer um, in the Native American tradition. And so that was the beginning, was to attend this sun dance where people um, dance for four days without food or water in the sun. It's quite an amazing ceremony. So I just sort of felt like I had been transported to another planet. <laughs> and um, so then I. And of course, I, I was really quite a shy person, and um, you know, to be like with my teachers, you know, was like kind of like, oh, how did I think this was a good idea? But so Shinzen and I drove back to Los Angeles together, and um, got back to, um, and we, the, the three of us, were going to live together um, in Los Angeles, and um, it was. Uh, it was quite amazing because um, Shinzen's um, partner, Shirley, um, was uh, just sort of the um, she's she's a very strong person, and for whatever reason, um, she was my button pusher, and. Um, I had never been in quite such a situation where, you know, I was just, uh, you know, constantly being um, being challenged. So I um, but fortunately, we, uh, I was I was practicing. Um, doing meditation practice, and of course that was kind of the whole focus of our endeavor. And um, so I, I, I kept um, trying to the best of my ability to be accepting and to be open and and um, to uh, to be aware and mindful. But um, it, it was a very challenging situation. Surely also. Um, had uh, was in chronic pain, and um, 
it was just very difficult to um, be in a situation to, to see someone who was um, suffering um, that you know that that much every you know it was an everyday thing to be with that. So um, after eight years, I sort of hit my wall and I decided to come back to Minnesota. And I, I didn't leave too gracefully. I was rather angry and resentful at that, at that point. And um, then, but I also came, part of the reason I came back was because my mother had been diagnosed with cancer. And so I came to uh, take care of her. And um, it was really interesting because um, with my with my mother, I had um, I had we had had a cordial relationship, but I had um, never felt like a, a real um, closeness and appreciation for her. And during this time of her illness, um, that really grew, and um, it was really I was just very grateful for the opportunity to have been able to. Um, to be with her during that time. And after that time, um, the it was just kind of, I, I just sort of clearly saw that, you know, my whole, um, all of my anger and resentment that I had felt towards the situation in Los Angeles was, um, really just that there was no one to blame in that situation that um, Shirley wasn't to blame I wasn't to blame and um, Shenzhen um, wasn't to blame it was just the circumstances and really I, I, I came to see that it was the the circumstances that I had needed to to really um, soften me and um, so there was just, you know, there was complete forgiveness um, on all of our parts for, um, for whatever harm we had um, caused each other and caused ourselves. And um, so I, I went to, um, to Santa Barbara in, over... Um, the New Year's holiday for a retreat that Shenzhen leaves there every year, and Shirley was there as well. And um, it was just, and I just can't describe the the um, the feelings of um, of love and connection, and um, you know, just really. Um, None of that, zero of that resentment, irritation, anything. I mean, it's just completely gone. And um, so I think that even though I hadn't um, specifically been doing um, the, the specific forgiveness practice, I think that, um, that this practice is kind of a practice of forgiveness in a way because 
um, we're constantly letting go and constantly um, trying to accept things as they are. And that is a form of forgiveness. So, um, I think that um, if we stick with this practice over time, we, we just get to um, see more and more the, the deep benefits um, that come from, from our intention to, um, to become free. So I left the retreat. I had um, flown into Los Angeles and I took a I had to take a cab to get back to the bus to um, to take back to Los Angeles airport and I got into the cab and Al the cabbie says looks at me he says I have one word for you forgiveness <laughs> 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 so and he went on to tell me about how he had um, been a um, an alcoholic for many years, and that finally he had seen that um, he needed to change, and um, so he had um, become sober and uh, joined AA. And then he, after a while, he, he thought that he'd, he'd done quite a few things in Santa Barbara that he wasn't too proud of. So he thought that perhaps he should move to New Jersey. <laughs> but um, then he thought, um, no, that that really wasn't going to, to be helpful. So he decided to stay in Santa Barbara and face um, whatever came up in terms of his past. And so he says, now, if someone gets into my cab and they say, oh, it's you, I remember, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he says, this rides on you. <laughs> so um, so I, th this week when I was... Um, doing some reading on forgiveness, the inquiring mind um, did an issue um, on reconciliation. And um, in that issue, there are, there are quite a number of um, teachers who tell about um, various situations that, um, that they've um, healed through the practice of forgiveness. Um, Yvonne Rand talked about um, reconciling with her alcoholic mother after her death. And um, James Barras talked about how um, he had had a son who, um, before he with a girlfriend back in the 60s, and had um, been too afraid to, um, to be part of that, to have a relationship with his son and, and, and this woman and how 20 years later his son had contacted him and how he, there had been this incredible um, forgiveness that had, had taken place. Um, there was a story about the, um, 
the Nez Perce Indians who um, had moved back to their um, former land in, um, I believe it was in Oregon, and how the, there had been this incredible reconciliation with the um, white ranchers, um, and uh, how the, the tribal chief had said um, that, uh, had, had really expressed this total forgiveness that they wanted to, um, to be good neighbors. And it included that they had to, to deal with um, the balance of, um, of how the water in the area was going to be used, which was a very big deal. So I just found as I was reading these things that um, you know, just many times tears would come to my eyes. And um, I just really felt um, you know, my heart um, softening as I um, read about these practices of forgiveness. So I, I think it's a very powerful practice. And I think oftentimes, you know, that it's easy to sort of slide over things and sort of get on to the next thing rather than to, um, to take a look. But I think it, it's extremely helpful to, to reflect to, from time to time and um, you know, just look and see if there are uh, you know, things that are held from the past that, that need to be healed. And so the, the practice is um, that we, we ask for forgiveness um, for harm that we have done. Um, we forgive the harm that others have done to us. And we um, we forgive ourselves, which is, is a very important, um, very important part of the practice. Um, to to be open to um, to the harm that we've caused ourselves, and to um, be willing to examine that and um, let it go. Okay, just Sharon uh, Salzberg has a really excellent description of this practice. I'd just like to take a, a moment to, to read a little bit of what she has to say about it. This is from um, her book, Loving Kindness, the, Art, the Revolutionary Art of Happiness. When we are held prisoner by our own past actions or the actions of others, our present life cannot be fully lived. The resentment, the partially experienced pain, the unwelcome inheritance we carry from the past, all function to close our hearts and thereby narrow our world. The intention of forgiveness meditation is not to force anything or to pretend to anything or to forget about ourselves in utter deference to the needs of others. In fact, it is out of the greatest compassion for ourselves that we create the condition for an unobstructed love, which can dissolve separation and relieve us of the twin burdens of lacerating guilt, 
and perpetually unresolved rage. It is more difficult to forgive than not to forgive. Political leaders seem to rely on this fact. It may be much easier to unite people with a bond of common hatred than with shared love. It's not so easy to access the place inside of which we can forgive, which can love. Remember, to be able to forgive is so deep a letting go that it is a type of dying. We must be able to say, I am not that person anymore, and you are not that person anymore. The reflection is done in three parts, asking forgiveness from those who have harmed, offering forgiveness to those who have harmed you, and offering forgiveness to yourself. Sit comfortably, close your eyes, let your breath be natural. Begin with the recitation, silent or not. If I have hurt or harmed anyone, knowingly or unknowingly, I ask their forgiveness. If different people, images, or scenarios come up, release the burden of guilt and ask for forgiveness. After some time, you can offer forgiveness to those who have harmed you. Don't worry if there's not a great rush of loving feeling. This is not meant to be an artificial exercise, but rather a way of honoring the powerful force of intention in our minds. We are paying respects to our ultimate ability to let go and begin again. We are asserting the human heart's capacity to change and grow and love. In the end, we turn our attention to forgiveness of ourselves. If there are ways you have harmed yourself or not loved yourself, or not lived up to your own expectations, this is the time to let go of unkindness towards yourself because of what you have done. You can include any inability to forgive others that you may have discovered on your part in the reflection immediately preceding. That is not a reason to be unkind to yourself. Continue this practice as part of your daily meditation and allow the force of intention to work in its own way, in its own time. So today when I was um, I was making a few notes in this book, and this is a book that a friend of mine in Los Angeles um, gave to me, um, a, a journal, and it has little quotes in it. And I haven't, I haven't picked this up for, I don't know, probably 10 years, eight years, something like that. So I'm writing, I turn the page, and the top of the page it says, I forgive myself. <laughs> it's kind of like the universe was just really <laughs> cooperating with me on this forgiveness uh, front. And I'd just like to um, share one more thing before I close and uh, people are welcome to share. Um, so today I was, um, when I was um, thinking about forgiveness, I remembered something that I hadn't thought of for um, quite a long time. And it was about my mother. And when um, I was raised a Catholic, and I have. Um, there are five children in our family. And um, 
my parents didn't have a lot of money. My father was a blue-collar worker, and um, although they were quite wonderful because I never felt like we didn't have enough ever. But um, I know that, you know, in reflection, my mother and my father made some sacrifices so that all of us uh, attended um, Catholic grade school and Catholic high school. And um, then uh, we, all of us ended up not continuing to be Catholics as adults. And I had never really reflected on that as, um, you know, what, uh, you know, how deeply my mother must have felt hurt by that because I was very much into establishing my own thing at that time. But um, reflecting today, I remembered her, um, something she had said, told me one time, this was quite a few years later, um, after not having been a Catholic anymore for quite a number of years. She said that um, her friend had um, had asked her, you know, like, how, how she could bear this. Um, and that, um, you know, shouldn't she just, like, refuse to have a relationship with us um, and, until we came to our senses or something? And, um, and she said, um, she said, no, she said, um, that relationship with my children is terribly valuable to me. Um, it's incredibly important. And doing that would just, you know, exponentially increase the, the pain of the situation. And um, when I reflected on that today, it was just like, um, just a lot of gratitude for, uh, for her wisdom. And um, so I was really grateful for having this uh, this opportunity to to reflect on forgiveness this week. And I did. I also found it was very interesting. I hadn't really been so aware of this before, but um, on looking at at various um, things from the past. Um, there was also an incredible gratitude that um, that I felt um, this week as well. So I think that um, it's a kind of thing of by accepting um, what is difficult, you also um, see more clearly what's um, what's beautiful as well and beneficial. So. Um, I'll stop here, and uh, I'd just be happy if anyone has anything um, that they would like to share regarding their experience with forgiveness. And one of the things I thought of, too, in regards to what I recalled about my mother today was that um, it's, and also reading the articles from the Inquiring Mind, that um, it's really wonderful to have um, these uh, these examples and these role models of you know the benefits 
but also that um, it's important to um, to start where we're at and to um, you know if there you know we can also learn from from the difficult situations um, where people have um, chosen not to forgive or not to um, be reconciled we can learn from that um, you know by looking at the uh, the pain of, of those situations and um, and opening ourselves up to to that as best as we can so, anyway if um, anybody has any comments or questions or anything that they like to share that forgiveness meditation around that although I did reflect um, on the situation and um, but I, I think that um, that that was sort of um, more grace a grace of the practice coming from all that Catholic school that was in that particular situation. I'd like to kind of follow up on that because what I heard you say when you were talking was in that situation, once you saw there was no one to blame, and what helped you to see there was no one to blame? Because that was a change, a substantial change. Well, I think one day I was driving my car, and it I um, had this thought about being in I don't know somebody kind of got close to me or something like that, and I had this thought of being in an accident, and um, sort of projected, you know, what the reaction would be. And it kind of suddenly really occurred to me that blaming and that that would that that would do no help nothing and um, and it, but and then it was just generalized I mean having that realization it was just kind of like like generalized that you know blaming just it it doesn't help anything it doesn't resolve anything it just keeps ill will spinning so I guess that must have been from practice too <laughs> it sneaks up on you
I mean, that's an important point that um, you know, we can't change. I mean, the, the, the past, we can't change. Those actions are already happened. But um, we can see, you know, we can examine and reflect on those, see what our motivation was, um, see. feel the feelings that um, are still generated as a result of those thoughts and and then um, yeah, choose to uh, to make whatever amends we are able to make or if that's appropriate in the 
situation. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I mean, we it's kind of like we can't, in a sense, we, you know, we can't undo the situation. So in terms of the amends, it's kind of... Do what we can do now. Is there anything else that comments or questions? Some years back, I found a postcard.
understanding is love. person. 